What's up, everybody? It is Travis coming at you solo again. Wow, that sounded like the conversations intro kind of, didn't it? I'd do that over again, but this is like the middle of the night, Monday night. And I've got several things to get through that I want to tell you guys about. Just checking in. This will be a short episode. Um, I have no idea where Nate is, but that's only because I could not record this weekend. So it's just been poor Nate. I feel like he's getting the shafts on this a little bit. But um, again, scheduling <laughs> scheduling has to go with the folks that have the recording equipment. So um, we will get the gang back together before duck season starts. I promise you guys it's coming. Anyway, speaking of duck season, it's here. Duck season brain has started, by the way. So that could be part of the reason you're getting episodes like this. Um, I have this new thing. There's two exits to my subdivision. We live in a subdivision. There's an exit out on to, to one main road or onto the other main road. And uh, I always go out the same exit. Have we live in the same subdivision that I, my parents live in. So I've lived in the subdivision a lot in my life. And I, I, I've gotten into this habit now where when I leave the subdivision, I'm thinking so much about duck hunting that I subconsciously always turn right out of the subdivision because that leads to every duck hunt. However, that's problematic when you need to turn left to go to Publix, the bank to pick up your kid any sort of number of things that I have done. So now I've got this new routine where I turn right out of the subdivision. Then I turn left into another neighborhood and then make a right turn back to the original left. So that just goes to show you where we're at. Duck season hasn't even started yet. And I've got ducks on the brain so much that uh, me and Joe Bennett are making some crazy turns that we should not be making. I've never done that before in my life. So maybe I've, maybe I got something else wrong with me, but uh, that's, that's kind of where we're at. Um, as far as duck season goes already this coming weekend, the week this airs is youth weekend, duck season, youth weekend. I'm really excited. Got, um, a listener of the show, friend of the show, Stephen Lynch taking his, him and his boy Carter along with me and Wilbur. And we are going on a youth hunt and we're working on a really cool project. I can't tell you guys about the project yet, but we're doing, working on a really cool film project. Harry Huff's going to come and help us. And, um, it's not actually our project. It's an, it's another company that's doing it. Another organization is doing it, but uh, they're going to be talking about hunters and waterfowl hunters and, and how important they are on the landscape. And so I'm really excited to be a part of it. I'm really excited that I get to include Steven and Carter and Will in it. And uh, hopefully the ducks cooperate. Did some scouting this past weekend, actually ran into friend of the show, listener of the show, Justin Morales. If you guys came to the live show, you probably have met Justin. He's done springs runs with us and everything. Um, he called me and was going to scout a lake in our area. And I was like, Hey, I'll meet you out there. And so got to hang out with him and have lunch with him and Gabe. And anyway, I love this community. I love being able to get out there and meet people and mess around and have fun and do all the things that we love and super cool to be able to, uh, share youth weekend with some of these people. And then I'm really excited because, uh, we're going straight into duck season, which I already talked about. But this year I'm doing some private land hunts. I'm doing those with Matt Pierce, um, who you guys have, have heard us talk about on the show before we did an interview with Mr. Pierce a few years back. So Matt and I have become pretty good friends and we are we are doing some private land waterfowl hunts on property that he runs cattle on. And it's really cool to kind of show people the, the marriage between sportsmanship, conservation, cattle ranching, how it all fits together in Florida. You get to really see, you know, tangibly the habitat and beyond just the waterfowl, all the birds you get to see, all the wildlife you get to see. It's just incredible to see all that stuff coming together. So really privileged to be out there on some of these beautiful properties and spend some, some pretty mornings out there. Send a lot of ducks, a lot of ducks so far. So hopefully they'll cooperate and work with us this season. 
Um, I don't know that they've gotten the memo, but we're going to send them that memo coming uh, November 20th as the opener of duck season. Still have a couple of openings for that on a private land hunt. If you're interested in that, uh, hit me up in Messenger and we can, we can see if we can get you out there. Um, this is the week of meetings. There are tons of meetings going on all over the place. All the lake management plan meetings are rolling out this week. Uh, also rolling out this week is a, uh, on the 9th, which I guess is tonight, the day this airs, there's going to be a meeting, um, north of Tampa about a, what are they calling that? A restricted boating area, a restricted boating zone. And really it's not going to prohibit boating. It's just going to prohibit being under power. It has to do with some private land, um, domain. Anyway, it's going to be a pretty interesting meeting. That's, I, I can put the details of that in the show notes. If you're interested, uh, as well as the lake management plans, those are rolling out. I think every night this week, there is a meeting about them. If you're listening to this and you have been a longtime follower of Cast and Blast Florida, you know that we usually do two shows a week. One of them is conversations. This season of conversations has been a bit of a challenge between the pandemic, the RHA discussions over the summer, like my time being a, a big bottleneck on that. Anyway, I promised you last week that we have conversations in the can. Those are still in the can. There was a hosting problem. So typically what we do, so you can get a little behind the scenes action here. Typically what we do is when I record an interview with someone, I ask them if they'd like to review it before I publish it, because I think that's reasonable. I'm not trying to do gotcha journalism here. I'm not trying to like catch someone saying one thing and then prove them wrong. I'm trying to get good information out there to the people. So we did these interviews and usually what I do is I, I put them up on our hosting platform, which is a thing that's, it's not cast and blast or anything. It's a, it's a host that we pay for every month. It's pretty expensive. And so the host changed and upgraded their platform recently and I send a link. So I publish the podcast and then I send that link to whoever the guest was to review and to like have, you know, their husband listen to, or their boss listen to, or their friend listen to, or whatever. And so that they can, they can kind of get a second set of ears on it, make sure there's nothing that stands out to them as, Oh, I didn't like the way I said that or whatever. Anyway, those links aren't working. So <laughs> I've sent them all out and I'm like, I need you guys to review these. Let me know so I can publish them. The links have not been working. So I did not know that that was a thing. So forgive me for that. Um, but also I'm not going to forgive the host for that. I'm going to push back on that and we're going to get that taken care of this week, get those links so that those guys can review them and we can get conversations coming back at you. And what we may do is actually just run them into some other weeks that we weren't planning to have conversations, but we'll get all of them out to you. Uh, a lot of great stories and a lot of great stuff that you guys are going to enjoy listening to. Um, all Florida, I've talked about all Florida the last couple of weeks because we're getting ready to ramp up to that into uh, early January, we're going to be launching memberships for that. We are super excited about All Florida. Uh, the tagline for All Florida, conservation for everyone. Not just hunters, not just fishermen, not just bird watchers, but conservation for everyone. And we're really excited about that idea and coming around that idea and, and making it a reality for all of Florida um, to be able to connect kind of under one umbrella and really push for science-based conservation and, and showing up to meetings and being being informed and, and just kind of being... Um, the, the term we kind of talked about this weekend was being recklessly bold with, with what we want to see happen for conservation in our state. So that's a thing we're really excited about. Hopefully we're going to see that uh, you're going to hear and see more about that coming again soon. Um, I got Steph Polito, some more details on the logo. So hopefully we'll be able to unveil that in December and we're going to have some cool stuff coming with the logo on it. Um, two more things I've got. 
I mentioned that I've mentioned it five times now because obviously I'm excited, but duck season is coming. One thing we had a long discussion about guys licenses. I think we even talked about it on last week's podcast, but something I wanted to mention to you guys is if you're looking into a waterfowl guide, a good question to ask them. And this is good. True for fishing guys too, is if you want to know if they're reputable or not, find out if they have insurance. The end. Because I think there's a lot of folks out there that are running clients and running trips and stuff, and they don't have an insurance policy. Um, go ahead and ask and and find out because they should have no problem showing you um, that you know their their decks page or their what I forget what it's called the top sheet or something like that. Anyway, they should have a proof of insurance, and if they can't show you that, I probably would not get on a boat with them, get in a truck with them, go do things with them. The the guides that are out there, they're reputable. They've got it. Um, it, off the top of my head, I, I know a lot of guides that have it. So it's not it's not like it's, it's hard to come by. And I know new guys that have gotten into it this year, some guys that I've recommended, um, that names you've heard like Jake McFadden and, and Adam Mobley. Those guys went and jumped through the hoops because they were messaging me. They're like, hey, how'd you do insurance? How'd you go about getting this? Those are the guys you want to be with because they're trying to make sure that this is sustainable. It's a model that, that they know that protects them, protects you, but it's also a thing they're looking to do the right way. So um, that, that kind of came to light again for me this week as I was jumping through all the hoops on, on private land insurance and making sure everyone was covered there. And I was like, you know, this is such a, it's not a pain because Fletcher with Howard insurance, 904-315-5812 makes everything painless. If you just text him, call him, whatever he's helped me out immensely on this, on this policy again. But, um, anyway, just, just make sure you check and see if they have guides insurance, if they're running charters of any kind. Uh, it's not that big of a deal to ask, and they should think nothing of it if you ask. If they balk about it, have problems with it, the story doesn't add up, maybe look around and find somebody else, even if the price is a little bit higher. The last thing I wanted to just kind of pitch out there, and this is like a uh, this is a thought-provoking comment, so I'm not sure what to do with this. I have some ideas, but I'm going to pitch it out there. Someone messaged me about it. Um so it was earlier this week, someone posted in Tampa Bay Fishing Club that they were looking to hire a charter captain to teach them how to fish Tampa Bay and learn new spots. And so uh, I won't say who, but a, a listener of the show, a friend of the show, messaged me a screen grab of it and said, thoughts on recruitment versus things like this. And then he, he, he went on to say, hunting is often more area specific, but how do you balance teaching, recruiting new hunters without making it harder on yourself and anyone else hunting the same area? He said, I hunt, insert name here, 80% of the season. How many local folks can I introduce to the sport before I've made it impossible for someone to have success? I'm trying to be more intentional in recruiting, but I'm not sure how to balance it. And so I don't know the answer to this. I'd love to hear from you guys about it. And maybe we'll, we'll post some questions up about it this coming week and see what we can get discussion wise. I will tell you off the top of my head, this is a challenge that I go through as a guide on public land. Obviously, you know, I mentioned I'm working with ranchers on some private land hunts this year, but in the past six years, a hundred percent of my hunts have been on, on public land minus one hunt. I did one hunt on private land or it was private access to, I guess, a kind of public lake. I don't, I don't really know how to describe it, but I'll, I'll say 99.9% of my hunts were on public land. Uh, and this year I'm still doing a lot of pu- public land hunts. I'm just doing them during the week when I'm, when I'm not, I'm, I'm doing the private land stuff on the weekends. But it's a question that I've been asked a million times, like how do you take someone duck hunting on private land and then you ensure they're not in your spot? And I think it goes back to a couple of things. And this is just Travis's opinion. Uh, I'm not an expert on this at all. I, I don't even know if I'm right about this, but this is my opinion on it. 
as a guy that's run a lot of these trips, it really matters who you take. And it matters the conversation you have with them because I've taken a lot of people out duck hunting that want to learn how to hunt, I'll say Polk County or Osceola County or Highlands County. And when I take them out there and we're, we're in the blind, I'm like, look, this is a public spot. You could have stumbled onto it yourself. Um, a lot of people know this spot or, I, you know, I don't know that that many people know this spot that I've taken you to. Usually my spiel goes something like this. If you really were dying to hunt it, I would love for you to tell me. Like, at least tell me because that's, you know, that's giving me the respect of just letting me know. And I said, because someone else is going to pay me just like you paid me. Someone else is going to, is going to hand over 450, 500 bucks to me. And when they do that, they're, they're counting on me to know what's going on in that spot. And if you've come and blown that spot out the day before, that really sucks for them. And you would have hated it if someone blew it out yesterday for you. So I really just try to have some respect with it. I'm not going to be upset if you, in fact, I'm going to appreciate that you text me and say, Hey, I went to that spot on, you know, Lake Emily last week and uh, I, I hunted there and I hope that was okay with you. I'm not going to tell you it wasn't okay with me. I'm not going to care. What I am going to care about is knowing that it was hunted so that I don't put pressure on those birds again. And that's a thing that we don't look at very well. Kind of big picture as the team of hunters is how to manage the resource at a, at a larger scale versus what just happens in our own backyards and how it affects us. Because a lot of times I just want to go shoot my ducks. And if I could go shoot ducks today and go back to the same spot tomorrow and shoot them again and do it again, there's a lot of guys that like to do that practice, but then they shoot that spot out and it's no good the rest of the season. So I think to answer the question that came in, I think a lot of it has to do with how you conduct yourself with the people that you take to that spot. You know, there's kind of an unwritten rule in hunting. If someone takes you to a spot, you don't go back to that spot without them or without their permission. And I, I've always kind of adhered to that in all the years I've been guiding and in all the trips I've run, which are in the hundreds, maybe approaching a thousand. Um, I've never, I've had one person go back and hunt one of my spots without telling me about it. And do I sound upset about it? Cause I'm really not because again, I'm hunting public land for the most part. So there's not any secrets out there. You, you don't know anything that nobody else knows, but sometimes you can get away with some stuff under people's noses because they overlook it or they want to go far away or whatever. I see people all the time that drive across the state to hunt lakes, you know, near my house and I'm like, do you understand how many birds you drove past? Like better birds than the ones you're coming here to hunt. And a lot of it is, you know, a lot of it, I hear this often is we just want to hunt some new places, see some new terrain, see some different water. It's not so much about the birds. And I buy that. Like, I really believe that's true. I had that conversation with, with Justin the other day. Like sometimes it's just about getting out of the, the, the world you live in and getting into a different world. And it feels a little bit like an adventure because it's, it's something different and all of it's beautiful. But you know, if you're, if you're busy looking at, at big Cypress, Lake Toho looks different. If you're busy looking at Lake Toho, St. John's looks different. If you look St. John's maybe, you know, it, it, it's, it's just, it's all different. Florida has such a diversity of habitat. So I don't know the answer to that question. I do think it balances between the, the, the big conundrum for us around, how many hunters can the state carry and how many hunters can we recruit and, and how many can be successful and, and keep the sport growing uh, without it becoming an imposition. And I think you can get into some tragedy of the commons economics, tragedy of the commons economics there. I think it's a fun discussion. I think it's a deep discussion. Um, I'd love to have some people around to have that discussion. Maybe Dan will want to come join me and we can beat that thing up a lot. Anyway, that is everything I've got going this week. Again, I'm, I'm, turning my, my eyes back to the duck stuff. 
Uh, I'll get the gang back together next week. Emily uh, went to bed very early tonight because of the time change. Does that foul you guys up? It fouls us up. It fouls our dogs up. But we're all awake at 4 o'clock, which is perfect. I feel like they do that exactly for duck hunters. So hope everyone is having a great week. Hope everyone's staying safe. And in the meantime, y'all all stay woke. Thanks for listening to Cast and Blast Florida Podcast, serious outdoorsmen who don't take themselves too seriously. As always, you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts if you can figure out how to do that. You can check out our store at castandblastfl.com, click the shop link, or you can join us on Patreon. The link is in the show notes. The very best thing you can do for us, though, is to invite someone else to listen to the show. Recruit us a new listener. We hope everyone has a great day and enjoy the dulcet tones of Trail Diver as they take you into your week.